know, my dad passed away just before I got into stunts and it changed the course of my life uh, massively. Ah oh, man, I remember his moustache and how it felt when he used to kiss me goodnight. You know, I remember they liked to get hugs all the time because he didn't have a lot of affection when he was a kid. I remember him being angry at us when we didn't do our best. You know, you remember all those things, you know, good or bad, and that's how you keep someone alive. You don't remember just that they die. You know, death is, it's inevitable, but it's also a very small part of someone's existence. That's The Downward Doug, and this is The Yoga Life Podcast. Hello there, and welcome back. If you've been away, (laughs) or just away from the podcast, um, my name is Kevin. This is the Yoga Life Podcast, as you know. Um, ironically, though, in this episode, we don't actually talk much about yoga. We talk more about the life side of things. I don't know if you can hear, but there's a tractor outside my house mowing the lawn. Not my lawn, uh, the communal lawn. So it's quite nice because you get that that smell of freshly cut grass, which is not, there's nothing like that, man. Um, but yeah, th- this this episode I'm with the downward Doug, and Doug is a natural speaker, uh, probably because he's a, a, was a stuntman and you know he's been around actors and in his own right he is an actor. Um, but this this is this exemplifies why I don't do remote podcasts anymore because the chemistry that we have between me and Doug, you can't get that. Um, when you're talking to someone over a Skype call. And um, yeah, I was actually listening to his podcast. So shout out to, or shout out for his podcast, Getting Down With Doug. And um, it's so interesting. Okay, so he, he's a stuntman. He's worked on massive films, um, Dumbo, Game of Thrones. And uh, he was doing a podcast. I think his first episode was with Paul Lowe, uh, who's another stuntman. I was captivated. It was over an hour long and just talking about Harry Potter and um, yeah, there's there's something, it's amazing how it doesn't really matter what the content of the podcast is about too much, but it's the, the people that are on it, I find anyway. Um, but yeah, check out his podcast, um, Getting Down With Doug. And um, there's a reason why I asked him to come on again because uh, he's just, he's so, he's able to talk about loads of stuff and he's so open which I really respect and that's what I want to do with this podcast because look on Instagram I'm not going to get into debates with people I'm not going to like be very in depth about how I feel about things I'm going to keep it quite high level quite general because I've had people before want to uh, criticize me or um, critique me I'm just not going to reply it's not Instagram is fantastic. It's a brilliant tool for communicating concisely, but it's not a community. <laughs> it's not. You can't have a conversation on Instagram with God knows how many characters you can have, and um, you you're not allowed. You can't use any tone. So the context is everything. It's absolutely everything, and that's why I started a podcast because. I just use Instagram to keep people updated, to build, um, to initiate relationships, but not to actually um, nurture relationships. I do that face to face. 
So it's the same. I've been I got in trouble recently for uh, a comment I made in a WhatsApp group. So for example, I'm on a few WhatsApp groups for covering teachers, and when I communicate in WhatsApp, I'm very to the point. I I because I'm trying to minimise the amount I use my phone. It's a tool. It's not my life. I don't want to be tied to my phone. Maybe you feel the same way. And um, so I'll give you an example. I am in this WhatsApp group and it's for a cover, cover WhatsApp group. If you're, if you're a yoga teacher and you're looking to you know, go on a holiday and you want to get your classes covered, you would say, is anyone available to cover my Friday night class at 6 p.m.? And I have been in these WhatsApp groups where people are talking about loads of other things apart from actually covering classes. And my point that I made was, guys, can we just talk about um, covering classes, please? Because I keep getting notifications as far as I'm aware, you, I'm try, I mute my, my groups, but you still get the red notification. So my phone is blowing up, and I think it's like my mum or someone I re, you know really important with an important message, and it's someone who's posting a picture of their dog or something on a, a WhatsApp group. It's, so, I, so I will say now, for example, hi, looking for cover for Friday, 6 o'clock, Please only reply if you can, and the can will be in bold, cover the class. And it makes me sound like, because people have said, you know, what's wrong with you? Um, why are you being such a, kind of like um, obnoxious as it were? And uh, I'm not being obnoxious. I'm just, it's a tool. I just, it's designed for quick communication, not for discussions. I don't want to have conversations with people over WhatsApp. I'd rather meet them. Uh, like uh, and it's the same with phone conversations I don't like speaking on the phone really I, I may I, like not many people call me if they do it's normally my mum or my sister or maybe my girlfriend and um, I uh, when I'm on the phone with people I keep it very very brief I'm just like cool what's up um, when do you want to meet uh, I, yeah I had this mate who would like call me sometimes and be like, hey, what's going on with you? Just wanted to chat. I'm like, I don't want to chat on the phone. It, to me, it's not the same. It's the same with a Skype call. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I just went off on one there, didn't I? But um, yes, Doug, podcasting, context. Um, I, 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 th what the stuff me and Doug talk about today is, um, well, it was last week because this is a pre-recorded intro. But the stuff we talk about is kind of controversial, out of context. Um, but I, I, it's important to understand that you can't be. We all some, sometimes we want to be in in groups, like I'm a vegan or I'm a socialist, or we we want to identify with uh, a certain party and then and then take moral moral high ground on whichever party or group we we identify with. Humans are complex. Like, I'm sometimes I feel happy, positive. Sometimes I feel sad, negative. Sometimes I feel proud of myself. Sometimes I feel ashamed of myself. I am not my thoughts. Thoughts come and go. And uh, stuff I thought last year, I don't think this year. And that's because I've had conversations with people who've shown me other ways of thinking and I've taken that on board because I believe in constantly developing. So I hope that when you listen to this episode, you can listen to it in context. You can um, maybe relate to some of it because ultimately I, I do this podcast for me. It's it's quite a selfish thing. Um, I get the people on that I want to speak to. 
I talk about the things I want to talk about. And if it resonates with you, fantastic. That's that would be that's brilliant because when you're listening to this podcast, this is as if I'm sitting next to you talking to you. I this is how I think, how I speak. There's no filter. There was at the start because I was self conscious and I was speaking to um, people that I was maybe a little intimidated by, so I would put a filter on. But I'm trying to get rid of that filter and to start more open conversations. Um, so yes, um, I, I hope you enjoy that, and, uh, and because there are some people, I'm actually going to do a bit of a Russell Brand here, and give. I've received some love, so I'm going to give some love. I'm just going to read you a couple of reviews um, that I've been left, and I should give these people a shout out. So, first one is from Moya the Bee via Apple Podcasts in in Ireland. Five stars. I look forward to listening to every week relaxed, engaging conversations with interesting people where I always learn something and have a giggle as well. Thank you, exclamation mark. So that's like they're shouting thank you, which is very nice. Um, five stars, great content, thank you. <laughs> that's running on sunshine in Australia. That's the other side of the world, that's down under. Yeah, I've got a lot of 65 five-star, well, actually, no, 67 five-star reviews now, and I've got one one-star. But you know what? I'm not going to read that because I'm not... If you can you can, you can access it. Go onto my podcast and see what the one-star review, what they said, and they're welcome to say that. But I'm trying to encourage positive vibes only. And um, I think that negative criticism is important, but not if it is criticizing my race or my gender. I can't help what gender or what race I am or whatever, you, whatever gender or race you put me in more accurately. And uh, if the criticism is um, based on things that I could change, um, then I would take it on board. But if it's just what I would regard as pure um, deranged hate, then I'm going to ignore that. Um, anyway, so that, yeah, so let's, let's finish with a positive one. Uh, a healthy dose of honesty, five stars. Kevin's podcast is as much an insightful listen as it is a meditative one. Ooh. Brilliantly honest and relatable content, all delivered in a lovely, relaxed, soothing tone. I'm sold. That's from A. Burn via Apple Podcasts in Ireland. This is cool, man. Ireland, Argentina, no less. All right, I'll stop with the reviews, but yeah, man. US of A. Yeah, yeah so listen, thank you so much for all the love. And um, here's some love for our sponsors. I received a little gift from the peeps at OM this week. I got a, an Equinox tee, some June Voyager trousers, Cobra bamboo tee, a Dawn Henley in solid light grey, and a V-neck tee in intense blue to go at my eyes. <laughs> Not intense. My eyes are more like kind of grey. But... You know, I, I like when last year when I was with um, with Louis at Om uh, just before Christmas, he gave me a pair of their Voyager trousers, black trousers that I wear all the time. This is slightly off off, off script, but and uh, at the same time, I bought some soft these soft jeans that are half the price of what the Voyager trousers would be at a, a high street store. And already the soft jeans are got holes in them. Basically, they look crap, and I need to throw them away. And my wardrobe is full of clothes that I've, on the cheaper end of the scale, uh, not made with the best materials, not sustainable materials, and uh, now they need to be thrown away. So that is complete waste. So buy quality that's going to last and reduce your waste. And uh, you can do that and save a few bob with 
my discount code. If you go to om.com forward slash hashtag T-Y-L-P, so that's O-H-M-M-E dot com forward slash hashtag T-Y-L-P, which stands for the Yoga Life podcast, you can get 15% off your Eco Active Wear. And uh, just put in the promo code Kevin when you get to checkout. So look, I have a script here. I could read it to you, but ultimately it's men's clothing. It lasts, it looks good, and you get a nice discount. Boom, what else to say? Apart from go to om.com <laughs> forward slash hashtag T-Y-L-P, put in the promo code Kevin for 15% off. Boom. If you need to up your yoga sequencing game or you need to amp up your home practice, then get yourself some 108 Asana Yoga Sing sequencing cards by Yogaru. These are beautifully made cards that have all the info you need on them, your alignment cues, your levels guide, your anatomy coding, and your Sanskrit to English translations. They are designed by Ruth Delahunty of Yogaru. She's a Dublin-based yoga teacher, so she knows what she's talking about. She's in, she's on the front line with us, doing her thing on her mat with the peeps. <laughs> um, with this special promo code Kevin, you get 10% discount, all you gotta do pretty simple is go to yogaru.ie pick out your deck of cards and then put in the promo code kevin and you get yourself 10 percent off nice one if you'd like to support the podcast directly you can go to kevinboyyoga.ie forward slash support the yoga life podcast when you do that you'll then get priority for all tickets with retreats with events with workshops um, speaking of which if you are around may 25th you're in the dublin area come to my handstand workshop heels overhead spaces are available if you uh, would like to find out more information or just inquire you can go to kevinballyoga.ie forward slash events retreats and uh, put, fill in the tiny little form there so i know that you're interested and i'll get in touch with you to get you booked up or answer any questions you may have okay that's enough promos right um so i'm gonna put on doug to you now and uh, if you enjoy this podcast at any stage you can share it on your instagram stories tag me tag doug hashtag the yoga life podcast podcast or hashtag tylp and uh yeah sharing is caring so hope you enjoy this thanks What's up, Doug? Oh, well, Kev, we're back. We're in Dublin. Uh, and yeah, all is good. All is good. I had an interesting flight. Um, one, because there was loads of like teenagers on some holiday. Um, Bloody teenagers. Yeah, I didn't mind. Like I found it funny, but they couldn't decide where they wanted to sit. So they were kind of like reshuffling and like causing chaos on the plane. And uh, I didn't mind. I was actually in the middle seat. I'll tell you one thing, Ryanair, very upright seats, almost almost inverted so upright. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is not... Anyway, I'm not going to complain, but I was like, it's fine. You know when you put your seat back, do mm. you um, look around first behind you and kind of give the person a little nod to say, is it okay if I just put my seat back that I'm entitled to do? I want to say that I do because I'm a good yogi, but there's sometimes <laughs> I'm like, I don't want them to say no. <laughs> and I don't want to give them the option, you know? I'm like, this is my time, you know? Yeah. Luckily, on Ryanair, you don't have that option. Well, the seats don't go back. No, at the all. seats don't go back, man. There's, oh. there's a couple of things they've um, 
and they also don't have the seat pocket at the front. Mm. Um, they're all about savings, you know. I yeah. realized it's really changed. Like even when I was getting dressed to come to the airport today, like I'm in fairly casual stuff. Yeah. And I remember actually when I was a kid dressing up to go to airports and like, it's yeah. really changed. It's, it's turned very much into like a bus, mm-hmm. you know, a bus of the air. Well, yeah. they call the airbuses, aren't they? The the planes. Yeah, I think. I mean, I like to be comfortable, but have respect for God's sake. You know, like mm. people that are wearing their slippers on the. There's yeah. <laughs> just to me that's uh, have it, it's like when you see in Dublin. There's a, a. I don't know if this happens in London, but there's a certain uh, demographic that like to wear pajamas. Mm. It, I mean, at, out on the street yeah. wearing pajamas, and I I can understand it's cool, be relaxed or whatever. But then I'll see a picture of my granddad and he's not like it's black and white picture Mm. and he's there wearing a suit or his dad, my great grandfather is wearing a suit. And I think there's now, although I don't wear suits anymore, Mm. there's something nice about taking a little bit of pride in in what you look like. Yeah, for sure. Thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I think just (laughs) Liverpool is another popular one for that, isn't it? They wear, you know this? <laughs> no. I don't know if that's where it actually maybe came from. Liverpool, famous. If you're at Liverpool on a Friday or Saturday, girls are out mainly in their pajamas or some sort of velour tracksuit with their rollers in their hair, like ready for the night out. But they, it's kind of a fashion statement when they go out yeah. during the day. Um, yeah. yeah. So, whatever. Um, <laughs> but you're yeah. looking well. Well, thanks, man. This uh, yoga you... lifestyle definitely agrees with me, man. Like, <laughs> I'm definitely getting to... I was just telling you about my garden and how much I enjoy that. Yeah. And I feel like I'm very much looking after the garden of my life at the moment, too, with... I'm feeding my soul and my brain and my body. And yeah. uh, certainly my stunt lifestyle, that doesn't happen. Like, But, but you're not... You're, you're fasting, aren't you? I'm fasting, but only ironically, like, yeah, intermittently, <laughs> which gives you, yeah, which is kind of a nice segue into another thing in that parameters give you freedom. So I have that window from one o'clock to nine o'clock to eat. Okay. And within that time, I have freedom to eat. Mm-hmm. But the hours outside of that, I don't. Look, I'm not hard and fast on that, but I am, like, I try to stick to it. I mainly did it because, as we were talking about Brian, what's his name, Brian, whatever? That was on Joe Rogan, the comedian. Callan. Callan. He was talking about psoriasis, which I also suffer from. Do you? Yeah. So, and he was saying... Where do you get psoriasis? That mainly on my face. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Like, it's a real bugbear. Well, it was what, a bugbear. What, what is... Because my girlfriend gets psoriasis on the back of her neck. Mm-hmm. And um, you may know this already, but I bought her some CBD balm. Okay. Interesting. she's had it all her life. And she said it's amazing the results it's had within Ooh. within a couple of days mate wow okay yeah. i might try that then too yeah. like i'm always up for like trying different stuff out acupuncture for some reason also helps some people like straight out the bat they're like that solves it immediately it doesn't come back yeah so um acupuncture is i don't how does hell does that work i don't know it's amazing either. my because my, my dad is very um he used to smoke a lot mm-hmm. he's, he's he's alive but he used to smoke a lot and uh he tried everything and someone suggested ac- acupuncture and he is very skeptical guy, and he said it. It was the only thing that worked. He he went to an acupuncturist, and then the acupuncturist said, "When you leave this session, go outside, smoke a fag, and it'll be the last fag you ever smoke." And wow. he and he didn't smoke since. That what, is interesting. I, so I, I I my mind boggles. I don't. I mean, two things about that. One is that why it works. I don't know. Two. Is it important why we know it works? I don't think so either. I had this conversation with someone on set once and yeah. he couldn't get it through. I couldn't get through to him. I was saying, look, 
if you're the one with the ailment, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if it's not scientifically proven. If it works, that's enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. So it was funny because so many of the guys were like, yeah, no, it's no, it's not scientifically proven that that actually works. I'm like, look, what I'm telling you is if you've tried everything else, if you've exhausted all your other options, mm -hmm. why not give it a go? Like, it doesn't matter to you. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't care if it comes back with a study. You just want that thing to stop in your body. Um, and, and that's how I feel about the psoriasis too. And also as well, we don't know, I mean, uh, the placebo effect. I mean, I was talking, so a home, uh, no, sorry, a naturopath. Not, yeah, it's a naturopath a few weeks ago. And I was doing a bit of research on the topic. Uh, and with, when, as soon as I Googled it, the first thing that came up on, from BBC News was... There is no scientific evidence um, that uh, uh, naturopathy actually works. Uh, you know, it's, mm. and but if it works for the individual, that's the yeah. most important thing because we don't know um, the body is so much more complicated than it, when we than we than we realize. And uh, I mean, think about like CBD oil for example. It's a plant. Mm. Uh, my girlfriend's put it on a on rubbed it on her neck and it's been better than any steroid cream she had been given yeah. so sometimes it's important to ask, ask yourself why are we being told this who benefits from giving us this information yeah i think the steroid cream too i'm also very nervous about because that's the big thing that they actually have it in my bag here but that's the thing they prescribe to you but they also say don't use it more than three days be careful on your eyelids because what you're doing is the psoriasis is a buildup of excess skin cells mm. so it's your body working too much it's an abundance, you know, oh. which is a great analogy for why too much of a good thing can be a bad <laughs> thing, you know. So you've got too many skin cells. So the steroid cream strip it all the way back down to its base layer. But you've got to be careful on your eyelids, for instance, because your eyelids are so thin. So mm. if you use it long term on your eyelids, you can wear your eyelids all the way through. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So they don't tell you that at the beginning, you know. So I, I try and do my best not to use it all the time. Mm -hmm. But when there's a big flare up, then I then I get onto it. Yeah. Yeah, I I was when chatting to this naturopath and I was saying that I I was prescribed steroids for what was supposed to be colitis, and what, you'll have to enlighten uh, me. So colitis is it's an inflammation of the large intestine, the colon mm -hmm. area, um, which causes can cause ulcers within the lining, oh, and and essentially it's um, it you have like chronic diarrhea all the time and just yeah, um, fun times yeah the fun times but ripped yeah <laughs> <laughs> absolutely ripped always silver lining mate <laughs> but um when i was prescribed these these steroids i read the side effects and i thought i can't take this and and then when i went into the, the my work place of work with the steroids in my hands unopened i started chatting to the geezer opposite me who, who used to sit opposite me and he said that he was oh yeah I, I used to be on them myself I was like oh, all right and I said uh, and did you did it work for you he goes no I just my body eventually built up a tolerance and then I had to get my colon removed oh. surgically mm. removed I said fuck this I'm not I'm not taking I'm not uh, th this is a slippery slope um, but yeah plants I was prescribed all of oregano oregano in mm -hmm. America they say and um, within days I was get out huh regular clockwork well. <laughs> it's interesting because everything we take is a diver derivative of some plant and medicine that we had. Mm -hmm. Anyway, you know, we manufacture these things, but in the same way, the placebo effect, uh, placebo effect only only makes us release the hormones and the chemicals that we naturally do anyway. Yeah. You know, when we take anti-inflammatories, it's just, 
it elicits something in our brain that then releases the things that bring inflammation down. Mm-hmm. So when we um, we have all this ability to cure ourselves anyway. I forget who was talking about this quite extensively. Mm. It was someone on Joe Rogan, mm. and they were talking about how the, your body has this knowledge anyway. You don't know how, but it's doing all. I mean, right now as we're sitting here, there's a multitude of things that it's doing just mm. to keep us alive that we mm-hmm. have no idea about. Mm. So it's an incredible vehicle it's an incredible resonance mm-hmm. and we should look after it and sometimes i think if we're having to take too many drugs just to stay afloat something's wrong at the core mm-hmm. you know that we need to address mm-hmm. but then sometimes i wonder if that's kind of the the problem with medicine in general is that when it came to natural selection genes that allowed us to be kind of sickly we would die off and now we have all the medicine to keep us alive mm-hmm. so we're passing on these genes that maybe aren't uh beneficial to the race as a whole i don't know it, yeah. it sounds quite doom and gloom when i said like that but the medicines allow us to stay alive no matter what we're born with yeah pretty much now we've eradicated almost well we have eradicated every major disease it's, it's incredible what medicines done yeah but it allows every type of gene to pass on too mm-hmm. so, yeah you know going back to the intermittent fasting and uh, our body's ability to mm-hmm. heal itself i think that I, I practice intermittent fasting too. And my reason behind I'm interested to see what you think of this. My rationale behind it is that this is the first time ever, this generation, our generation, where we can eat whenever we want, whatever yeah. we want. And we're constantly in a fed state. So my dad, for example, remember him saying to me when he moved to Dublin uh, from Mayo, he was 16 years old and he starved. He had nothing to eat for days. He And then he was saying how, I remember it so clearly because he, he was quite emotional t- telling me about it. And I, I then got emotional. Um, this is when I was really young. And um, he said that he was in he was in Dublin and he couldn't afford the price of a cup of tea. And then when he got uh, money to get a cup of tea, he actually got a head rush from the caffeine. Wow. He said he had to sit down. It was like real, like, uh, because he was so hungry. And I thought, fucking hell, like... So he's experienced mild hunger, or, or sorry, severe hunger, but not starvation. His dad would have been even, even well, like, uh, would have had um, even less. And then you would go back a few more generations, they were literally mm. starving, literally. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the famine, the Irish famine. And it makes you think that we are, maybe we should experience starvation is obviously extreme but we should experience hunger mm. to have a chance for our bodies to be emptied to 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 repair and i think that constantly putting your body under stress always eating yeah is uh and a variety of foods i don't know how beneficial that is you know talk about the ancestral diet mm-hmm. where do we need to be in kiwis strawberry or maybe yeah. not strawberries especially where your bloodline's from like yeah were your ancestors in a place where these things were commonplace mm-hmm. you know yeah um, no, that is that is very interesting, and I think there's something to be said too for this overabundance in general. Like you're right, we we can eat all the time. It means we can be full. One, it's a lot of work for your body to digest things. You know, it, it's like you say, it's releasing. It is stressful for the body to be full. You know, if you if you're having to break stuff down, that's why you have to sleep if we've had a big meal. Mm-hmm. So I think there is some merit in depriving yourself, and in general, in life, it's good mm-hmm. to go without to yeah. realize how little you actually need yeah it's so funny you bring this up because i wanted to talk to you about a documentary i have been watching called uh, the architect of peace 
Okay. Uh, it's called On Yoga on Netflix. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, mate. Ah, oh, mate. Absolutely brilliant, right? Beautifully shot. Oh yeah, all of that. And, and there's so many quotes in that. Like it's hard <laughs> to keep. I need a notebook, you know. And shout out to Erica Bracken for putting me onto it. She was like, "You're gonna love this." And sure enough, I had to watch it. I can't watch the whole thing. I've got to watch it in segments so I can digest mm. what each of those practitioners or gurus are, are saying. And one of the things is, it talks about all these different things that we hunger for in life. So, our necessity to eat is an important one because it keeps us alive. Same with drinking. You know, same with reproducing, fine. You know, these are inherent things in us. But then we add on to that all these other hungers. Hungers for wealth. Hungers for social status. Hungers for travel. Hungers for... And we just keep collecting these different hungers. And by feeding them, it doesn't get better. Just like when you eat a meal, it doesn't stop hunger. It just keeps it at bay for a while. Mm. But only... After a while, you'll start to get hungry again. You'll need to feed that hunger. Mm -hmm. And we've already got these innate hungers, these desires that we need to fill just mm -hmm. to stay alive. If we start adding all these other hungers on, mm. we always feel like we're wanting. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're missing something because we're so used to having it. Mm -hmm. And one of the guys in there was talking about how you need to try start getting rid of the other hungers mm -hmm. so that you can live a more simple life. Mm -hmm. Because that's all that happens is the more we feed those desires, those fantasies, the more we want them, mm. you know, we're, we're in that, that cycle, mm -hmm. just like we are with eating. I'm hungry. It gets bigger. It gets bigger. I eat. Now it stops for a while, but it comes back. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens with life. And it was interesting listening to him talk about that, how in your life, you've got to manage all those desires mm -hmm. and get rid of the ones that don't help you. Mm. You know, have you um, ever listened to Tim Ferriss talk about Marcus Aurelius and Stoicism? I have that book in my bag right no now. No way. Yeah. On meditations. <laughs> yeah. I've been listening to philosophize this and they mix up so well. And that's so weird that you brought that up because it is. Stoicism is exactly talking yeah. about this point. Mm -hmm. You know, it's fantastic. Marcus Aurelius, I mean... I thought the guy was just a prelude to Gladiator. <laughs> Turns out he was a real guy. Turns out he was a real guy, and what a guy! Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, that, but that that is interesting because one of the um, fears that I have is it was financial, is uh, mm. and that what would happen if one studio gave me the sack, or and therefore half of my income goes away or a third of my income, whatever the proportion is. What happens if anything happens, you know, like uh, I have to support a child or whatever it may be. And then I start to think, I still have, uh, to reassess how much do I actually need? What could I um, survive on? Uh, yeah, could I survive on rice, beans every day? Mm. Do I need to? And the great thing about my girlfriend is that um, I'm thinking, like, should I stop talking about personal, like, personal stuff on yeah, podcast? Mm. But I'm not gonna. So, okay. and she, right. she's well, I'm glad we got through that. that was, I'm glad I was here yeah. for that. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about it and I've decided it's, it's cheaper than therapy. It's a long it's process. Amazing. It's a long yeah. process. But like, she, she's very straightforward. Like, you know, sometimes you can go out with someone they want you to go hotels and po mm -hmm. posh restaurants and stuff like this. Um, anyway, um, sh simple living. There's a lot to be said for it. Amen. A and to know that to not be a prisoner to um finances but to, to understand okay i need x amount to live my life everything else is a bonus mm -hmm. i'm i like nice stuff whether it be 
uh, a nice cup of coffee or something from a nice shop or a, a, a treat, but I'm not trapped by it. The yeah. same, same with clothing or a car, or whatever. I I like to have I'd like to have a nice car, but I I'm not trapped by it. Mm. Um, but I think that that a lot of people don't feel that way, and they they feel like they got a. I mean, it's, it, keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, yeah. but it's. Uh, you were, you touched on that stoicism and look I'm no expert I became fascinated by it a few weeks ago yeah in this philosophize this podcast mm-hmm. which does a great job breaking it down talking about food and everything like that they talk about the Buddha who I forget his real name do you remember his real name no he's got like the best real name it's like Sudata Gautman or something like that that's not right but it's something like that and every time this guy says I'm like that's such a cool name it's gutted he had to change it to Buddha but but I think just meant the woken one. But he left yeah. his palace. He was this rich son of, you know, a great emperor, uh, you know, for lack of a better word. But he left all that behind because he was like, I have everything. Why am I not happy? You know, and he went through the whatever truths it was on his journey into town. He saw someone that was tired, someone that was weak, someone that was hungry, someone was starving, someone that would die. And he realized even if you surround yourself with possessions, those things are all coming for you. Mm-hmm. They're coming for your loved ones. They're coming for you. Mm-hmm. You cannot keep it away. That mm-hmm. money's not going to do it. So I have the money, but know that that's not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he went on to this this other lifestyle, and the people of the time, the ones that were really searching for enlightenment, believed that you shouldn't indulge. And indulge meant eating more than a grain of rice mm. a day. And I've forgotten what their names were. Kind of like the Monday Babas in in India, you know, the guys that do all weird things, mm-hmm. they'll sit only in Lotus for, yeah. you know, it was that same idea. And they thought him a glutton for eating like more than one meal a day. Yeah. And he found this enlightenment uh, somewhere else. But then it touched on stoicism. The stoicism mm. was, look, bad things are going to happen. The fact that a bad thing is not happening to you or your loved ones right now, you should rejoice mm. because the bad things are out there, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's so interesting. They kept you on that even keel of going like, I love this description. It says fate is a carriage and you are like the dogs tied to the back of it. Oh, wow. You're going along for the ride, whether you want to or not. You have options. You can run along with it. You can look around, look at the beautiful scenery that fate is taking you towards, Mm -hmm. or you can dig in your heels, but it's going to drag you Mm. and it's not going to be comfortable. So it's up to you how you decide to go along with that fate. In German, I believe it's called the Hinkgedanke. It's the uh, the realization that way, way in the back of your mind or in your future, something dreadful is going to happen, and it's always possible. Mm-hmm. And that adds zest to life. That adds the fact that you should ap- appreciate that you're we're able to sit and have a conversation because mm-hmm. we're all going to experience su- suffering, yeah. uh, and and not to because then when it comes. You're you're re- you're more ready for mm-hmm. it. I mean, I, I think our relationship with death in, oh. in the Western world is is fucked up. To be honest, like m- my granny died two months. Oh man, no, it was about maybe three months ago now. And um, is I find that the Irish tradition of having a wake and everyone being really sad and shocked mm-hmm. that uh, someone in the nineties has has died. I, I don't. I understand its tradition and that's mm-hmm. culture and that's fair enough. But to me, it's the wrong way of looking at death because then we we see it as something to be scared to be scared of. Mm. Uh, whereas in some cultures, they see it as a transcendence yeah. that it's you are your your 
a soul having a human experience. Mm -hmm. And you, you, when you die, something else happens. And to be honest with you, Doug, man, I've been thinking about this a little bit lately. I uh, I get v quite lonely sometimes because um, I work on my, you know, I'm on my own a lot. Even when I'm up here in the studio editing my podcast, I'm mm. here for five hours on my own. Mm. Um, and although I love what I'm doing, it's the lack of human interaction. For sure. Right? Which, you, which you are, you know. Mate, I have I have Joe Rogan on in the background all the time because mm. it's like, I feel like someone is There's there. There's some connection. Someone's yeah. there. Um, and w what it's made me realize is that uh, I used to be very much, uh, I used to mock religion and think, oh, you know, I don't want to go to church on Easter. It's really stupid. And, you know, it's like a cult. And I used to say that when I stopped going to church after teenage years. But now I realize that there is actually a place for uh, religion or something like that to bring people together. If you walk past the church on Sunday afternoon and you see people chatting outside, oh, how are you, Mary? How's it going? How's the dog or whatever? <laughs> um, that's an actual community. And what we, I think the mistake that we're making a little bit is we're thinking that these digital communities, I'm making a few points here. Sorry, Doug. Yeah, yeah. Look, look. To pick up. Yeah, we're, th we're thinking that these digital communities are a replacement for actual communities. Okay, where, with you. Whereas they should be a, uh, a conduit to to uh, create actual connection. So last week, uh, uh, this is my last point in this. I did. <laughs> it's your podcast. Sorry, you brother. do what you want, mate. <laughs> but the last, <laughs> you're right. Uh, but last week I had the the live podcast with Adam mm -hmm. Adam Husler, and I was I was so overwhelmed, man. I was on the edge. I was like, I'm gonna have a fucking panic attack here, man, mm -hmm. um, because. I'm just a bit overwhelmed with sensation. People are looking at me. I want to make sure they're happy. He's sitting opposite me. I've mm -hmm. got questions. I never looked at my notes once. And I thought it's, it's, uh, it's um, that compared to looking at a screen or on being on a forum, mm -hmm. which is like a community in inverted commas. It's, it's night and day. Yeah. I'm sorry, Doug, go ahead. Right. Let me, <laughs> just, where do we start? Uh, Sorry about a dog. No. <laughs> so, a couple of things. I'm, mate, we, we are definitely cut from the same cloth. On the plane over here, I had to stop and think about something. And I knew you would ask me how I've been and everything. And I'll tell you, a big change from what's been going on from when I was last year to now is uh, a meditation practice. Okay. And uh, I knew it was important. I knew I should be doing it. But I started doing it proper regularly. You know, I got... There's a great app called 10% Happier, you know, and I'd always listen to Sam Harris and Dan Harris, who no relation, but ironically both have mm. a podcast, uh, a um, app out to help you meditate. And um, I started doing it, start the five minutes then the 10 minutes, 15, you know, and I was like, man, this is good. I feel better in general, like my general effect is good. Um, but I had a question, why am I doing this? And like, what actually brought me to yoga and what is it about yoga that I enjoy? And I realized it, I'm ter I was terrified of death. And that was my big thing. And people just asked me, why do you meditate? And I was like, because I want to practice dying. And it sounds horribly morbid. The point being, though, and this will touch on a few of your points. One, this idea that uh, going to that wake and our relationship with the death is messed up. Because if you go back far enough, although the, it may have been a lie, I don't know. I don't know what the real truth is. But soldiers go into battle thinking that when they die in battle, that's the best way to die. You know, and they'd be very excited. 
because it's changed the framing of dying. We live in a very different world now. And it, we are. We're like, we should hang on for life. We're so consumerism, consumerist that we're like, we want to hang on to even this commodity that is life forever. We don't want to give up even that. Um, and I was like, man, I, I'm, I, it fills me with anxiety, this thought of dying. Uh, and I think it is a Marcus Aurelius quote, which is, death is nothing to us. And once you die, you're dead. You don't know anyway. So you shouldn't worry about it. Mm. And you're not dead right now. That's the important thing. And mm. they would, uh, Epicurus would talk about meditating every morning about all the awful things that could happen in your day. Mm. You set yourself up for the worst possible day that could happen. So you're going to do this talk with Anna Housley. You're like, I fumble every word that I say. And I ask stupid questions. And I insult people and I don't mean to. And I, I bumble and the audio equipment is wrong. And you meditate on what that would be like. And then at the end you go, and then what? Mm-hmm. You would still go home. Mm-hmm. You could have a lovely dinner. You wake up tomorrow, you go back to teaching. And that was their thing. You know, the Stoics were like, what's the worst that could happen? Life still goes on. Mm. And the very worst thing that happens is life doesn't go on. And then you're dead anyway. Okay. Mm. Which was for me a little bit down, you know, it keeps you a little bit down the way I think it. So I don't know if I was totally on board, but the meditation, <laughs> I was very much like, okay, so when I die, I have to leave this body. And the Buddha quote was, I give you this boat to cross the river, but you must leave it behind on the other side and carry on your journey. And that changes things. You're like, okay. Mm. So for me, meditation was practicing leaving this body Mm. to realize that I'm bigger than this physical form that I have. That even when I sit still, my body doesn't move and my eyes are closed and I have no visual stimulus, I still exist. Mm. And if I still exist then, then what happens when I die? You know, and this is me practicing every day to die. So when it comes around and I have to leave this body, I go, oh, I've done this path, at least partly. Now I can go on to it. Mm. So it's funny that you've come up with this same idea of how we feel about transcending or death. And I'm doing my best to not be anxious mm-hmm. about death because it is part of life. And I've got the same thing. Like when you go to a funeral, everyone's sad. You're like, look, be sad. But that sadness can be a celebration that they lived. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad passed away just before I got into stunts. And it changed the course of my life uh, massively. And it made me just readdress a few things. But while I was at his funeral, I was like, someone's death in terms of percentage of their entire life is so small. Them actually dying is a fraction of their entire life. So when you remember them, you don't remember that they died. You remembered, ah oh man, I remember his mustache and how it felt when he used to kiss me goodnight. You know, I remember they liked to get hugs all the time because he didn't have a lot of affection when he was a kid. I remember him being angry at us when we didn't do our best. You know, mm. you remember all those things, you know, good or bad. And that's how you keep someone alive. You don't remember just that they die. You know, death is, it's inevitable, but it's also a very small part of someone's existence. I was going to ask you or just mention there before you said that, um, that, that is one thing that really scares me is this thought of my parents dying. Um, and I'm wondering how I'm trying to preempt how it will affect yeah. me because, for example, my mother, um, well, it's same with both my parents, but my mother, uh, you just see your parents get less and less mobile as they get older. Mm-hmm. And I'm very close to my, my, my parents, um, particularly my mother. And I wonder how will I handle that because it will happen mm-hmm. and that, that we avoid this conversation so much 
So when you said it changed the course of your life, in, in what way? It changed. At, the, at that time, I was actually working in investment banking. And like, I hated every day. You know, I'd go to the office. Um, the highlight of the day I was going to copy at the machine. I was like, this, this is not living. I knew that, you know. And when he died, he died at home in his bed. Uh, and I thank whatever deity is out there that it happened like that. Very simple thing. He woke up. My mom asked him if he wants some tea. She went to make him tea, came back, and he was dead. And uh, at first, you're like, oh, how could this happen to me? How could my dad die? And you think, look, your dad's definitely going to die. That's a given. There are a multitude of ways he could die. Some really horrendous, awful, violent ways. That is a, that's a gift that he died in his bed, retired in his holiday home that he had previously purchased not too long ago by the seaside, which was always his dream. And I think back to what it would have been like if he had died while he was working in the country he wasn't so fond of. Mm. And I was like, man, I've got, to, I've got to stop moving. You know, I don't want to be that guy that isn't so lucky. So it changed the course of my life like that. It also put a lot of pressure on my fear of my mom dying, though, just like you're saying. You know, very close to my mom. She's also a chain smoker, though. And pff, even with that, she's never, I think she's missed two or three days of work in her life. Like she loves working and she's strong and she's one of the toughest people I know and the most benevolent by far. But yeah, I prepare myself every day and it's, I, I don't like to think about her dying. Although if I don't hear from her for a few days, I, I get concerned. Mm. But all I do now is I make sure I call her at least once a week. I realize my time with her is limited. So I embrace every single bit, you mm. know, and this whole thing about, being in the present moment, which sounds all woo. Whenever you hear teachers say it all the time, <laughs> it sounds like bullshit, you know, and I get, I try to explain to students, I know how this must sound. <laughs> and the only way I could describe it was recently, I was reading this Marcus Aurelius book and I realized this is a great analogy for mindfulness. You read a book, you start reading, your mind starts wandering on something else. Your eyes still go across the page. <laughs> you keep going through you're two or three pages later and you think, I have not taken in a single word. Who's this character? What's this about? What, how I can't remember what happened on those three pages. Mindfulness is simply looking at each letter, noticing each letter in relationship to each word, noticing each word in relationship to the sentence, the sentence to the context, the context to the story. You're only cheating yourself by paging through the whole book. Anyone can do that. And you'll get to the end and you'll be like, I don't know what happened. The advantage in a book is you can turn back and you can reread it. You don't have that advantage in life. You don't get to go back and go, oh, what was that experience? You, own, you only have that experience right then. So now when I'm talking to my mom, I don't do other things. I don't fold my laundry. I talk to her. Mm. I listen to her. You know, we have such a rich history. You know, my mom, I want to enjoy it. So that's the only thing I can tell you. It's nothing we do is going to make the painful things less painful. Mm. You know, it, pain is coming. It's how we deal with it and how we embrace it. You know, is it something we're going to avoid? No. But mm. we can enjoy the times we have now. And when those things do come about, instead of it being a massive shock, we can go like, ah, oh, mm. this has now happened. And if you really, you know, if you want to go further, you can almost be relieved that now you don't have to worry about it anymore because the worst happened. So do you see yourself, or do you have a, a do, are you religious? Uh hard to that, that word has become so loaded now yeah 
do I believe in God? It's changing now. Like with all the information I'm getting now, do I believe in a deity? Yes, I believe in God. I uh, I grew up. My mom is agnostic at best. My dad was definitely atheist, uh, and he was quite vocal about that. What was funny is one of the things he was most proud of was the fact that I I was Christian. Like he he thought that was amazing. It was like you know he's. I've taken my own path, but he would challenge me on it all the time. He'd be mm. like, you know, how can a God be all good and all powerful? You know, that's the classic <laughs> question. You know, if the God's yeah. all good, why are the bad things in the world? If the God's all powerful, why again, why yeah. are the bad things in the world? Um, but I think the world's more complicated than we think. Mm. You know, I'm starting to think the deity is all of us and it is inside of all of us and in ourselves, our true nature is the best, which, which weirdly fits quite well with, with ancient philosophy mm. they thought the same um and again that idea with meditation is that you've got all these other thoughts these other voices in your head that are getting in the way of that true voice mm. and it's it's your responsibility to take that time out during the day to silence those other voices so you can check in with your true voice which often is the softest mm-hmm. a little bit like society there's a lot of loud people they're not necessarily the ones you need to listen to you know, the people that have something good to say don't need to shout, mm. but you need to listen. And for me, that's that's kind of what the meditation aspect is. Um, you know, you know, you know. It's so strange. What thing I something I picked up on when you said about your dad is that he didn't receive a lot of affection when he was younger, and therefore mm. he was affectionate. Mm. Um, I, lo- I love my dad and stuff, but he's he didn't receive affection, mm. and therefore he's not affectionate. It's funny mm. how that goes, yeah. isn't it? Like, <laughs> you know how. Um, it, it, I mean, it's not as in he's not physically affectionate. Mm. Or oh, um, I remember actually when I stopped kissing my dad goodnight. I was mm. probably like eleven years old, and um, I would kiss my mum, kiss my dad night, dad love you. And then when I was eleven or twelve, or was around that age, I just would wave. Mm. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> and you're like, two guys, exactly. And it's funny how um, that I won. I wonder like what. Yeah, maybe it's a generation thing, but well, maybe it's not. Like, mm. you know, some people have, uh, like, uh, give their dad, give their dad hugs and stuff like this. And, mm. um, but it's interesting, isn't yeah, it? Too, like, my dad actually kissed us all, I mean, through adults. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he was, he was big on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is interesting to think about how they become, I was saying to someone how yesterday you find it sometimes with celebrities, they've, uh, in a similar way, they've worked hard their whole life. They've known what it's like to have nothing. So then they get everything. And then when they have the kids, they try to give the kids everything, which is kind of like Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. Same thing. You know, back then, the emperors were adopted. They weren't They weren't your bloodline. Mm-hmm. That was a tradition. You would oh. find someone who, was, who had all the virtues that would, be, would make for a great emperor, and then you'd adopt them, and that's how you'd pass on, mm-hmm. which is a much better way of doing it. Nepotism... Like it's a it's a gamble. Is your son going to be good? Maybe, maybe not. Mm. But he broke that chain and he gave it to Commodore, his son, who mm. was a nightmare. He spent most of his time getting drunk, <laughs> sleeping with whores, <laughs> and against his better judgment, Marcus Aurelius gave the the throne to him, and that was the beginning of the end of Rome, mm-hmm. which is interesting, right? Yeah. This guy that was so clever in every other way. Mm. My point being that Marcus Aurelius knew what it was like to work mm. for something, then not wanting for his child to go without, he gave him everything. Yeah. So then that son grew up 
worth everything. Yeah. And probably because of that, his son ended up getting nothing. Yeah. And then the cycle continues, you yeah. know, you're like, yeah, I don't it's know. Very, it's very funny. Isn't Maybe it? that's it. Maybe that's how <laughs> how we go on. The circle, yeah. yeah, the circle of life, as Elton John said. Um, <laughs> actually, they're they're making a new Lion King. Live action, isn't it? Like kind of CG. Kind of CG, yeah. yeah. But um, anyway, side point. Know, man. Just if it's out, go and see it, folks. Um, but I, I want to talk to you about speech, though, because you're a, you're mm-hmm. a good speaker and you have um, your own podcast. Well, thank you. Do you want to plug it quickly, the podcast? Yeah, Matt, sure. Yeah, Getting Down With Doug. Uh, <laughs> it's inspired by my talks with Kevin Boyle, as it happens. Uh, <laughs> the man actually helped me. So big shout out to my first ever sponsor, Kevin Boyle, uh, Yoga Life. Uh, he told me where to get all the equipment. It's just great to have chats with people in general. So yeah, yeah give it a listen. It's, uh, it's not just about stunts. It's about everything. It's basically whatever I want to talk about. All right. It's very very selfish in that way but yeah, yeah have a listen i'm i think i'm going to call this um that's great um, i think i'm going to call this this episode um episode 46 the one not about yoga but um so I, I wanted to talk to you about speaking communicating and you said something very interesting on the couch uh downstairs having our, our coffee and that was i hope i don't misquote you mm. but um Good art makes you feel something. Yeah, was that's that the one? Yeah, is that right? Yeah. Um, so let's unpack that, as yeah. they as they say. Um, I'll, I'll give you some context. Mm-hmm. I did a episode recently. I haven't mentioned anything about this um, on in any social media or anything like that. But I did a. I'll, I'll just say it. I mean, it was with Ryan Rico. Um, I think it was episode forty three or something, and he said something quite controversial. Um, and it got a lot of eyeballs and I actually prefaced it by saying look before I posted it I said look this this is stuff I and I said it to him I said it directly to him which is a bit awkward I said I don't find your view tasteful or funny Mm. that's kind of insulting almost you know but I Mm. thought I'll be straight up with you I don't find it tasteful or funny but you have a right to say it and that's why podcasts are so important because there's no agenda, it's open conversation yeah. and you get all to, all to hear different views. And if we want diversity, we have to accept that people are different. So then when I put it up, I, for the first time in my life, I've heard about this. Oh, oh that's the doorbell. <laughs> oh, that's it, guys. That's the end. That's Thanks the so much. Yeah. <laughs> So where were we for the doorbell to start this? <laughs> God, UPS guy trying to get in on the podcast. Unbelievable. Oh, Everyone wants a piece now, Kev. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I experienced some backlash. Mm-hmm. And um, I part of me was thinking, should I mention this at all? Mm-hmm. At all? Because I don't want to give the, peop- the people any airtime or attention. And essentially, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, they, what some, the theme of what they were saying. They were what they would call maybe social justice warriors, uh-huh. SJWs, yeah. SJWs is the acronym. And they were calling me um, white trash, saying that I was facilitating a misogynist, a racist. And then um, <laughs> and Russell Brand will, um, at the start of his podcast, read out all the good reviews he gets. Mm-hmm. And I, I've got six. Oh. oh, yeah, he does that. He goes, oh, here's a review from whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've got 65 five-star reviews. Which Mate, is pre- which is I, pretty, I've looked at it. Yeah, it's very impressive. Pretty good. This is my first. And they actually sent me a video of them leaving me a review. It was them scrolling down to. <laughs> they did it. They scroll 
well done. Hit one star and wrote, um, the last thing we need is two white men mm. talking about yoga. Um, this is trash and all this kind of stuff. And and then another one of them has um, an account set up, which is a parody to Ryan's account. So basically, you know the effort people put into their Instagram account, Instagram mm. account? They've done it, but to just to rubbish someone else. Mm. And I've I realized that, wow, this, this is... Um, it's made them feel something, <laughs> okay? Yeah. It's I've I've delighted sixty five people it seems, um, and I've, and one of them hasn't has not been delighted, and it's made, made me think. Well, firstly, I'm not going to spend any time. I mean, literally, I haven't replied mm. to any comment, any um, DM they've sent me. I've just completely ignored it like it's never mm. happened, and I plan to keep doing that unless it gets unless it becomes chronic and abusive. Then mm. I'll just block them, but. It's 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 opened my eyes to a type of person I didn't know really existed, and uh, thought stuck. <laughs> well, I'll say a couple of things. One, I've just in terms of it's something I didn't really do before, but in my yoga teaching practice, and I want to differentiate that from my actual practice. Thing, mm. my teaching practice. If I see someone, and something you brought up in one of your other podcasts. Uh, with Manning, um, mm -hmm. Jacob Manning, you were talking about how sometimes you just look at someone and they just look like they hate you in class. And I know that some people just have that face, but some people you can just feel they're like, they hate this class. They're like, this is not what I wanted to come to, especially when you're covering. But <laughs> firstly, I would say sometimes there's a lot of good and even the bad reviews. And mm. I'm quite interested in talking to people that didn't like the class because everyone's entitled to their opinion. And I want to hear, I just want to hear why. I want to hear if there's something of substance behind that. Mm -hmm. So if they hated the class and they're like, I didn't like it because uh, you didn't give enough time or explanation on how to do the move or the transition, I can take that on board. Mm. If you dig a little deep and they said, I hated the class because of your voice, then there's less I can do about that. Mm. All right? And then I don't take it too seriously because I'm like, oh, whatever. Mm. Same with this. It's worth noting, is there something of importance that's getting to her and is it worth her unpacking too what it is about your show that upset her so much mm, refer uh, to her as they please i'm joking oh, i'm joking i'm joking, I'm joking. he I'm did joking. me he I'm did me <laughs> sorry, sorry um yeah so what i would what i would say is oh man i had a good train of thought the whole ah uh, so, sorry mate no it was great worth a gag yeah i'm all for a okay. gag i'm okay. all for a gag um yeah what is it that makes her so upset about what's happened because this was probably something underlying there. Like I say, offense cannot be given. It can only be taken. Mm. You know, it's up to you what importance <laughs> you put in other people's words, you know? Nice, yeah. If a kid came up to me and said, like, you're a doo-doo head and I hate you, one, he's probably correct. Two, <laughs> you have to see things for where they come from. Mm. Like, am I going to put a lot of importance on what this child or this stranger that doesn't know me at all says about me? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know that I will. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll try my best to find something of usefulness from it so mm -hmm. that I can turn that negative into a positive. But you can't control how everyone takes things. But getting back to the fact that it made her feel something, yeah, this is this is what's good. It's a stimulated mm -hmm. conversation. Probably the most important conversation we need to have are going to divide people. Yes, exactly. Not, not in a bad way, but in a way that makes – it brings things out in people. It makes mm -hmm. them rethink or question, mm -hmm. you know, like a good movie. Hollywood movies love to tie things up at the end in a very neat bow. 
life isn't like that. It doesn't give us that advantage. Mm-hmm. You know, life's more complicated. And the really, truly great films don't tie it up for you. Mm-hmm. They leave it dangling there and it's up to you to decide what you make of it. So I would say for that said person, whoever it be, look, look for where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Is it useful in any way? So you can extract some good out of it. And then two, is it warranted? Mm-hmm. And then thirdly, for them, why is it upsetting you? What is it? I, I do have, I must say, I do have reservation with saying something like what we don't need or how did she say it? That it's two white men. Two white men telling us about yoga. Mm. I, would, I would venture guess that she sees herself as progressive mm. uh, and that in her progressive way of understanding the world, people shouldn't be judged on immutable facts, mm-hmm. including race and gender. So it's crazy that then she believes that by belonging to the gender male uh, and the race white, you suddenly have nothing to say because all white men must be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Is, it's so is ironic. That, is that to say that then I shouldn't listen to her because all females have nothing good to say? Yeah. You can't just say that because the group you identify with now dictates who you are as a person. Mm. That I does not sit well with me. And it's funny, after we had that chat we had here last time, and I was worried about a little blowback myself of things we were talking about. We were talking about identity, mm-hmm. victimhood, um, identity politics, so on and so forth. On International Women's Day, we had a teacher's practice. And one of the women uh, there, one of the fellow teachers, uh, teaches at a prison. She's quite an interesting hmm. uh, person. Um, and she said she, she went to class and she was like, hey, I wonder, is there International Men's Day? And uh, without me missing a beat, one of the inmates was like, every day is International Men's Day. And I was like, there's the problem right there. This, we seem to be under some illusion that men walk through this world un, untethered by any problems. Everything's just hunky-dory. We walk into every CEO position that we apply for because apparently that's how you get CEO positions. You don't work very hard for a lot of years. And nothing goes wrong for us. We can walk the streets late at night. No one attacks us. Like, it's this weird misnomer about the world that men just have it easy breezy and white men have it even easier. Mm. Are there advantages to being white? For sure. Are there advantages to being male? For sure. Are there disadvantages? I think you'll be surprised to hear. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, the facts on men die much younger than fe- females on average. We're more likely to be homeless. We're more likely to be mentally ill. We're more likely to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this world? If, if this is patriarchy at work, and that all men are protected mm-hmm. and everything's good. Why are all these bad things happening to men? Mm-hmm. Females are outperforming men from preschool all the way through high school and university. Mm-hmm. How is this a man's world? Mm-hmm. You know, and then on top of that, we've been told we're also piece of shit by Gillette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cheers. Thanks, oh, guys. That was... yeah, it's a wind up, you know, and if, if you for a minute think that people won't use this rhetoric as a way to secure power for themselves, you're mistaken. Mm. They 100% will. And I'm not saying we should protect men over females. No, I'm just saying we should protect people. Mm-hmm. Like we should start seeing people as people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no room for saying that these groups should get precedence. Let's, you know, we got to a stage now and we're talking about before. We live in a pretty good time in the world. Like there's not much raping and pillaging going on outside. You're pretty secure every day you wake up that someone's not going to come stab you mm-hmm. in your bed. You know, someone's not going to burn down your village. Like, we live in pretty good time. It's never been this good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so let's go with this trajectory. Yeah. Is it perfect? And I don't think that for a second. Mm-hmm. 
you know, does racism exist? Does sexism exist? For sure. Mm-hmm. But let's deal with the real versions of that. And let's not start pitting each other against each other by going, right, we need to look after this minority group or this majority group. Let's just look after everyone. Can we see that the fact that we're more alike than we are different? Mm-hmm. And that, that's the problem I'm getting at the moment. We're trying to somehow our way of trying to fix the balance of the past is by making it imbalanced now in the other way, mm-hmm. which is just the same thing. It's not progress. We're doing the same thing. We're mm-hmm. looking at people's immutable facts and then trying to judge them based on that. And I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, as soon as, I mean, um, as soon as the word, as you said, white male was brought up, I was just, I couldn't, I had to, it, it discredited, discredited the criticism for mm. me and it made it not worth it even addressing. And I plan to do that going forward. If, mm. it, if it is, um, and if there are uh, criticizing the fact that I can't change, um, then um, I just plan, plan to ignore it because how much, time is so uh, so precious yeah and that i can't be given that attention but um no in fact in fact there's a a fact a book called factfulness i believe is the name and it has multiple charts showing how every single bad thing in the world like you know child mortality uh, murder rates all over the world everything's decreasing so we're living the best time ever but because we are fed so much media all the yeah. time now, we think that things are worse. I mean, we're in Ireland right now. We talk about terrorism. Terrorism is an all-time low. Mm-hmm. Like during IRA times, it was far worse, mm-hmm. you know, far, far worse. Mm-hmm. But somehow, 24-hour media makes you go like, oh, my God, we are in danger all the time. And that's not healthy, mm-hmm. you know. And they've got a lot to answer for. And I think that's why something like fake news, the term, mm-hmm. was so easily adopted. Mm-hmm. Because I think we're all feeling in a bit w- way. What they were telling us wasn't necessarily linking up with what we're seeing outside. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they have a responsibility to get our trust back. The mainstream media. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about podcasting is it's unfiltered. There's no middleman. Mm. Um, where where do you want to take your your podcast? I don't mean geographically, but I mean which direction? <sighs> I what, what's the what's the the vision? Look, I'll tell you where it stems from. So now that I'm teaching yoga more than I'm doing stunts currently, the big thing I miss is the interaction with those type of people. Like the stunt guys are amazing. I've always loved the stunt family. And that's one of my favorite things about being on set is looking at the call sheet before you go in and going like, oh my God, yeah. You know, Dan's in, Slaughter's in, O'Daly's in. Oh, we're going to have such a good day. You know, because it was very much the people you're around. Uh, and now I've stepped away from it. Like you're saying, being a yoga teacher can be a quite a isolating or lonely place. Mm. You know, when I practice, I often practice alone. Even if you're in a room with others, you're practicing alone. Oh, yeah. You know, you're practicing within yourself uh, or your lesson planning. And I miss that interaction with people. So I guess I just want to chat to people. I think everyone's got a story. Everyone's interesting. And I want to get it out of them. You mm-hmm. know, whereas Joe Rogan has access to famous people, I get access to my people, which I find it just as interesting. Mm-hmm. And I want to bring that out. And I want to have a conversation. And I want to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So... I am doing something quite interesting, though, starting next week. Uh, Joe Rogan has this fight companion. Yeah. So we're going to do a Game of Thrones companion where we sit down with a couple of guys that worked on the show or relate to the show in some way. Oh. Watch the show and then, like, stop, start, like, what we're going through. And we're like, oh, my God, you remember that night? Oh, it was so cold. And just on the left, you can't see, but off that screen is this diesel engine that just kept making noise and it kept shutting down. So we're going to give you kind of the behind-the-scenes stuff of what happens. Oh, so, mate, that sounds great. Yeah, I thought it would be a fun way to introduce it. Audio format, though, not video. Audio. I think I might do like a 
uh, maybe a visual thing like a Instagram live or Facebook live at the time, kind of like how Rogan does it yeah. and just sit it out. But yeah. yeah, it's very much the audio and then people can watch along with us. Mm-hmm. And then it's almost like having a director's cut, but you just got three idiots cut. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to hear our musings on it, then uh, yeah. then check in. But yeah. yeah, it's just a fun way to be creative. Like you're doing here, you, you're creating content, mm. you know, and I guess for the most part, most jobs aren't creative. And mm. I think we are naturally quite creative. Oh, uh, mate, completely. And that's what, what it draws me into the yoga teaching is like you get to make up, there's a set amount of moves, there's a different way to teach them. And you get to bring your little framing in and go like, ah, oh, but think about this. And maybe we could put these things together. They don't normally go together, but let's see what it's like and, and make up this dance that we do together. Mm. And maybe we learn a little something from it afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been saying in my classes, uh, as you're aware, like I like my hats. Like I, I collect these hats. Um, you were talking about your dad being very formal. Like I like that that formalness that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Neo did it very well. Controversially, Michael Jackson <laughs> yeah. did it pretty well too, uh, which we should talk about that. Should we? We should talk <laughs> about that. Okay, go on. All right, then. hold on. Let me finish my little hat analogy. Okay. okay? So, yeah, I'm taking over here, Kevin. Yeah, the shit. coffee's kicked in. Shit. Right, yeah, you sit back, you listen, and you enjoy this. Come along for the ride, people. Can I get my pop- here we go. Get my Choo-choo. Right, here comes the train. The hats that I really got into, there's one, if I'm... Unfortunately, I've read all these things, so I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but a borsalio. It's a type of hat. Yeah, handmade, brushed a hundred ways, or hand-brushed a hundred times in each direction. Okay? <laughs> Beautiful hat. It comes with a tube, a little bit like this one here. This one's from Bates of London. And um, it comes with a tube, and you can fold the hat up just like this one. You can roll it into like this cylinder, and you pass it through the cylinder. You can keep it in there for up to like a day, uh, comes out the other side and rolls back into its shape. Good for travel. Exactly. And that was called the Borsalio test. And then it made me think, that's what we're doing in yoga. When you're putting yourself into all these awkward positions that aren't necessarily comfortable, and you have to find your happy place, you have to find control, you have to find what's going on in your body, mm-hmm. and you come out the other side, and you should be able to pop right back in to your true nature. Yeah. Just like with life, you okay. go through all these different things that may put a lot of pressure on you, and the idea is not to fold, not to change, not to react, not to shout at someone, not to be that angry person, not to be that sad person, but just to try find some equanimity throughout your life. Mm. Can you pass through these different things and come out unchanged on the other side? Because that normal, that divine in you stays the same throughout. And if you can stay within that parameter of the divine and not let the external chatter and the pressure get to you, then you're cool as a cucumber. You come out the other side unchanged. That's my Borsalio hat analogy. So, so being able to uh, to adapt. Well, more a so. A bit like Michael Jackson did. Wow. <laughs> See what I... Yeah, the segue. Lovely. Lovely segue. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up, Kev. I'm not, I'm not doing it in a jesting way, obviously, because this could be a serious topic. No, look. I mean, it is a There's serious... a couple of different Well, things. first, can I just say yeah. one thing about Michael Jackson first? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't remember you're talking about Michael Jackson. But this is good, because... When I was a kid, I uh, I mean I idolized him. Our did, age did our oh, mate did all, yeah. did all the dancing. I had all these videos VHS. Mm-hmm. I had um, yeah. I had I remember the first CD I ever seen. I went to my mate Stephen Ishmael. Shout out to Stephen Ishmael. I was listening. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Stephen Ishmael's house and um, he. Uh, uh, your microphone's just got oh, yeah. pulled to the oh, side. Yeah, yeah. 
See, I now that I do podcasts, I know the pain of people not talking to the mic. Like, the mic you know? yeah, yeah. And if you've got an animated guest, they're like, yeah, and then I did this. And I, I came over here and you're like, fuck, just talking to the mic. Yeah. So I went to Stephen Ishmael's house. It was his eighth birthday, I think. And I said, I go, uh, put on some Michael Jackson. He took a CD out. I was like, mm. what is this? Amazing. Like, you know, the rainbow kind mm, of reflection. Yeah. I thought, how does this carry music compared Crazy. to a cassette? Um, so Michael Jackson had a, a massive impact on me growing up. And uh, I think he's very, or was very, very talented. And he made brilliant music. Yeah. Okay. No one will doubt that he's so, a genius. So that's the art. Mm-hmm. The art was fantastic. And he's, he was a genius. But let's talk about the artist. Doug, go. Great, because that's one of the concepts. That's what I found so interesting about that Finding Neverland documentary coming out. Mm. It did bring that up. Can you separate the art from the artist? Okay, an important thing. So let's say worst case scenario, he did all those things he's been accused of. Mm. Okay, I'm not saying he did it or didn't at this stage. Let's just say he did. Should we not listen to his music? So if someone bad creates something good that then can be taken for good, should we not accept it? Mm. In the same way, if a drug dealer makes a lot of money and he pumps a lot of that money into charity, is that money hmm. marred and can that money do any good? So, like, I'm not providing any answers here, by the way. So, if you're hmm. listening up, I'm not. I'm just saying these pose certain questions. Yeah, it's like R. Kelly. He was... They, exactly. They, they were going to take his music off Spotify. And I think Kendrick Lamar said, if you take his off, I'm going off as well. Hmm. So... Uh, he pulled a bit of a power move, Kendrick Lamar did. So they didn't take R. Kelly off, I believe. Maybe okay. they have now, but they took him off iTunes. And I was chatting to my girlfriend about this and she was saying that she doesn't think you... you uh, well, we have different opinions, basically, mm-hmm. put it that way. And I think that... Um, yeah, but Kev, you're just a white man, so... <laughs> I know. I mean, all of the allegations are absolutely terrible mm-hmm. and um, it is it is awful. But, um, yeah, can, can you sep- separate the two, man? The, the, okay. point, the point you made there about the drug dealer giving the money to charity, mm. that's... Yeah, you see, it messes mm. you up, right? Mm. Here's another one. Um, these are allegations, R. Kelly and Michael mm. Jackson. I'm not sure, I haven't kept up with the R. Kelly one. So I, at this stage in my head, it's still allegations. So that's where I'm talking from. That's the point I'm talking from. Mm-hmm. So BBC did take some of Michael Jackson's music off after that, Okay. How many movies by Weinstein did mm. iTunes take off? Mm. And that wasn't an allegation. That was proven, boff, caught. Mm. Nothing happens. An allegation by two people who, if you we look into them enough, or just a little bit, money seems to be very much at the heart of what they're doing here. The film maker i don't want to say documentary maker because i assume documentary assumes that you're looking for the truth find neverland no new evidence no one interviewed other than the two people that are making the accusation and their families that's not that's a real half art way to try find the truth mm. and i had real problems with that mm-hmm. you know if you're going to make an allegation especially to someone who's dead who can't even reply mm. and you want to then go uh, by the way, we won't talk to anyone else. We won't even find people to corroborate this story. We will just listen to these two people because apparently now, the more heinous your accusation, the more truthful it must be. Mm. That is a dangerous precedent to set. And we only have to look to Jesse Smollett to realize, look, there is a lot of currency in being a victim at the moment. A guy that is a Hollywood star decides that it's better for him to be a victim because that carries more weight. Mm. 
you know. Ben Shapiro was talking recently about how the welfare rate has gone shot up since we've started funding single motherhood. Mm. People aren't idiots. People quickly work out, and you have to look at kids to realize this. They work out what is beneficial, and they will do what's beneficial in their life. Mm. We've started really perpetuating the victim stereotype and go, the more of a the victim you are, the better life will be for you. The mm. more people look up to you, the less they'll question you. Jesse Smollett thought, I'm going to go with all the stereotypes. Like, I'm not going to, I don't want it just to be a homophobic attack. I don't want it just to be racial. What if I merge the two together in this synergy? You know, I'm going to make this, this amazing hate crime where it's both homophobic and racist. Mm. And then had the audacity after taking a deal, being proven, well, not proven guilty, but them saying pretty much, look, we think you did this. So we need that 10,000 bail. And he came out and had the audacity to say how he was proven innocent. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't know much about him in, in terms of acting. After that performance, I was like, this guy, this guy, come on. Look at that with a straight face, knowing full well the prosecution about to walk out and tell everyone that, in fact, they didn't exonerate him. Mm -hmm. But I just, this world in which accusation is more important than proof is mm -hmm. a dangerous present. We've, it's not obvious that life exists like this we've done so well to get to a place where it's presumption of innocence over guilt mm -hmm. and we should really hold on to that because the ramifications are massive if not mm. do, we, do we just keep accusing people until something sticks it well doug it's funny you say this because um i uh someone well, went to the adam Hasler uh, thing as you know the training and podcast and we talked about physical assist and had that he doesn't Oof. he doesn't physically assist yeah people. he doesn't basically famously does, doesn't right yeah he doesn't and um I started saying, I said, made the point that if you had one, one accusation, just one, mm. you're done. done. Forget it. You're over. It's, mm. uh, oh, that's, um, you know, Kevin Baller, the whatever, the the geezer mm. who's creepy or whatever. A little bit touchy. A little bit touchy, yeah. yeah. And then and then that perpetuates someone else. Old Hansy Boyle. Hansy, yeah. Hansy Boyle. Sounds like a kind of uh, Western. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Um, but what I'm getting at is that, like, it's not worth it, man, because it, that could... And it's a shame, but I think that um, I'm I'm making now the conscious decision to stay away from that or to mm. do it in a way where it's very, very unintrusive. It's tough. I mean, I was just thinking, as you said that, though, if someone's going to lie, it didn't matter what the reality was. So I think if someone was going to accuse you of something, even if you didn't do any assists... Yeah. they might still accuse you, you yeah know? yeah true i mean yeah, yeah it's just i don't know it's it's um yeah, actually i want to i want to go back to something this is mm -hmm. a slightly different yeah, point sure. but let's go i'm interested in your opinion on this right it's people the way we treat criminals now mm -hmm. and this is only to do with physically assisting people but um going back to the michael jackson thing yes he was strange yes he had i would i would say inappropriate relationships with children right i mean all if, in agreement if it was my son i'd be like no you, there's no way you can yeah. go at michael jackson for the weekend sure the fuck still you're, agreed you're my son you're not going with anyone i don't know mm. um i wouldn't even actually doug to be honest with me i i this is not a popular thing to say but i don't even think i'd have a babysitter i i i wouldn't <sighs> i i and, mm. and and if i did um and this again this is a, probably a sexy thing to say but i would I think I'm like, oh man, I don't know how to say yeah. this. But like, no, I can't. I get what you're saying. I'd be uncomfortable. Male a male babysitter. To me, to me, to me, it's not like 
unless it was my i don't know man it, it's 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 fishy like but but my point is um that the way we treat um criminals now i wonder if in like 100 years we'll th- we'll see pedophilia pedophilia go on mate give Pe- another crack well, I wonder if we'll pedophilia. see... Pedophilia. Pedophilia. Is that oh, the word, shit. yeah? Now that I say it, it sounds weird. That's, that sound weird. Yeah. But you like, only ever hear like pedophile or... Yeah. Pedophilic? I think the phenomenon is pedophilia. Yeah. Let's go, just okay, go with that. Cool. Um, I wonder if in 100 years we'll see that as like an illness as opposed to something that should oh, be punished. But hang on. I think we'd agree now that it's an illness, no? Like it, it... Yeah, but I think... Like I think, as far as I'm concerned, it is. It like, is. I, I think... The, you're a victim to yourself too. Like my, my, my instinct, and this, I'm not... I'm a kind of... I'm a slightly ashamed to say this, but if I had a child and someone I- interfered with them, mm. I would kill... I would... I don't know if I'd kill, but I would mm-hmm. actually want them dead. Sure. Um, and I'm I'm not proud to say that, but it's like... It's almost like a an instinctive thing. And this is my point. You shouldn't be around. You shouldn't be exist. This is my point is that that's exactly why we don't leave the judgment of others to the people that have been affected by it. Yeah. That's why we have to believe in something that's bigger, something called justice. That's the same idea with presumption of innocence, mm. is we cannot leave it to our gut reaction because that's how we used to stone each other back in the day. We mm. don't want that life anymore. And I used to have this argument quite often with parents, and I'd be at dinner parties, and they would say, yeah, we should just castrate them, we should murder them. You're like, hang on. Like, is that what's best for society or is that best for you? That's what you mm-hmm. feel like is mm-hmm. going to bring you justice. Is that going to help what's happened to your kid? No. What's going to hap- help happen to your, what happened to your kid is for it not to happen again. Yeah. So how do we fix it? How yeah. do we stop this sickness? A little bit like we have the same problem, the same approach to criminality, like you're saying. Um, there was a guy, I believe it was Texas, who famously went up to the bell tower with the sniper rifle mm-hmm. and start taking people out. Mm-hmm. They killed him. He had left a note saying, please, when you do the autopsy, check my brain because something is not right. Oh, wow. He had been to a neurologist before. They found a small tumor on his amygdala. Oh. They cut it out. That grew back. And he changed from a very normal person to then someone who was shooting up a whole lot of people. His yeah. drive has changed completely. The point being, if... He had shot up those people. We managed to arrest him, apprehend him. And uh, a doctor came in and said, good news, guys. We found the problem. It's this tumor. We'll cut it out. We'll put him back into society tomorrow. No one would be like, that's okay. Because we like to think that, no, when something bad happens, that person should be punished. We always feel like it's a choice. Mm -hmm. The reality is when there's sicknesses like this, I don't think it is a choice. Mm. And if you're looking for this thing not to happen again, as opposed to some brutality of force, to make you feel better about the situation mm. there's a difference there you mm. know if there was a drug we could give people that suffer from pedophilia to not do it anymore would that be enough for most people probably not should mm. those people be excluded from society i think for the good of everyone else yeah how much is free will i don't know about the, the subject enough to say with any confidence mm. but i'm what i'm saying is if if it is a compulsion should we be also seeing that person as a victim to themselves mm-hmm. yeah, i don't know I, I would imagine, like most addictions, the people aren't happy with what they're doing. Yeah, you know, they they are victims to themselves. And again, I know that's not a popular thing to say. And every dinner party I've been to, the parents yeah. have all gone like, "You don't know what it's like until you've had a kid." And I was like, "Yeah, but that's the point. Not only people with kids should be deciding what should happen to them. Mm. The same reason why people say like, oh, when it comes to abortion, there shouldn't be men in the conversation.' No, because 
there's an ethical thing here. You know, we should be able to make these decisions on a broad scale as humans, not mm-hmm. as just victims of whatever the crime. Otherwise, every judge that sits on a court case would have to have the thing happen to him, which makes murder trials very hard because the judge would have had to have been murdered. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> we reserve the right to have thoughts on things even if they're not happened to us because we have this thing called empathy. But but I think people like to... We forget that human beings are complex. And if you're at a dinner party and you, for example make the case that you did or you not necessarily the case but you give a point of view that some people like to be uh, holier than thou and say mm-hmm. no they pedophiles should be killed or punished straight mm-hmm. away whereas a lot of people that are abusers were abused themselves yeah. and they're they're tortured souls and okay take it on a case-by-case basis you may have someone who's just uh, for want of a better word evil mm-hmm. and they may have no may have no I may just say, may, I know it's not a great word to use, but may have no remorse at all. No, for sure. And those people exist. But the point is those people make up of less than 1% of the population. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Absolutely. it. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, the yeah. psychopaths, sociopaths, mm-hmm. less than 1% of the population. Mm-hmm. So let's exclude that from the conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's say, what about the rest now? The other 99%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's because, yeah, it's just it's something that, as you said, uh, there's a there's an interesting uh, thread on Reddit, a subreddit called Unpopular Opinion, mm. and it's people that post up things that you wouldn't God. you wouldn't say at a dinner party. Yeah. And um, I think that th- that the, those conversations are so important to have mm. because uh, people want to be in a camp to be like, oh, this is my opinion. Yeah. I'm with these lot. I want to identify as this type of person instead of actually having discussion and i think that in order for us to practice compassion and to um to understand other people it's important to find out why they do certain behaviors not not just what you do is wrong Uh, and that's what i'm saying about battling with my own my own uh mind is that i for example i talk with my girlfriend about this because i i i uh have stopped practicing jiu-jitsu or any martial mm. arts at all and i but i do have kind of fantasies in my head that one day i'm out of my gut oh man do you ever get this yeah, oh my god i always think <laughs> like, what is wrong with you why i know exactly what you're gonna you're say going. yes let, let me let me go let, oh, me, let me go anyway so, out of my so, head. so so uh, so i i i'm like um because the other day my girlfriend was saying how like what is that window isn't closed and we should lock the window really instead of just closing it and I said that'd be alright if someone comes in burglars I'll take care of it and she's like what do you mean she goes well I said if someone came in my house that I live with my girlfriend I would choke them mm-hmm. I would like do some jujitsu on them okay that's my fantasy that like I would jump out of bed mm. and I'd wrestle him to the ground or, or the, whoever they are and I'd be able to like safely but with control subdue them mm-hmm. um and uh then maybe call for reinforcements like the police and that makes me feel kind of more like a man like i mm-hmm. can physically protect my girlfriend but um <laughs> that isn't something that i would share i mean obviously i'm sharing yeah, that with, with, with everyone that can ever <laughs> listen yeah brilliant like i just have you know, rethink the strategy but <laughs> but 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 i do have those those things in my head that like um I want to. I want to feel needed mm. by my girlfriend and by people around me. And one one way I feel needed is, what can I offer that my girlfriend can't? And that's physical strength. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not relatively speaking. I mean, yeah. I'm not a necessarily strong guy, no. but compared to her, and I think that I can protect her, so she needs me and she'll love me more. Mm. Yeah. No, I find it interesting. <laughs> like my fantasy is similar. Sometimes we walk in in London, I'll be like, 
man, if someone grabbed this bag off me, <laughs> in a world of pain, I'm going to run you down because I'm fit. I'm going to tackle you. I'm going to do all men. And I'm like, what? why have I just made up a crime in my head just so that I can hit someone? Like, I need to address this. And that's the same thing. Like, meditation is that same thing of taking time out to question those thoughts, to know that you're not a victim to just your thoughts. So a thought arises. You notice that thought and you think, that's interesting. Why do I think that? I tell you one way you don't address it is by just letting it ride, by not questioning it. By, mm. And that's the same with conversations. You know, If we just subdue it and we're like, never mind, never mind, explore it. Mm. Like, and the same with conversations. Find someone you disagree with. Have a chat with them. Find out where they're coming from. Mm. Try understand them. Like I said, I think we're more alike than we are different. Mm. You know, And this whole problem of going like, ah, oh, they so-and-so, they're like this, they're just white men, what do they know? That's not helping. Like, try and understand them. Try and understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. So it's the same how we treat ourselves is so often how we treat others. Mm -hmm. So can we do that to our own thoughts as they come in? Instead of just subduing and go, don't feel like, don't feel like that. I feel angry. Okay, why do you feel angry? Because I feel snubbed by someone. Why does that upset you? Because I feel like looking in good in front of people is so important. Why? Because you're vain. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. Because I've tied up my identity with how I look mm -hmm. in front of people. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, there's something more there. Yeah, you know, I can get to the root cause of this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's funny that I, I I wonder how many male listeners would be on here that have that same fantasy. I know my brother certainly had it. Like, we talk about him, we're like, yeah, you get them, you know, and you're like, yeah, that's weird. Like, yeah, I think, like someone said, it's the fact that we live in such a safe time where we we don't have to worry about dying. No, that we can, you know, we we, I guess we. We just got weird. Well, mate, we, we, say like because the sun's out now. We're gonna me and Doug are gonna go out and train in, in the mm. park. Um, I believe we are. Yeah, yeah. And um, when I go to the park and I'm doing like my pull-ups and stuff, I imagine like that I'm doing it to save my life. Mate, like, man, oh, this imagination oh, if, like, this is great. Like, if I'm doing sprints, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna imagine that I'm running after some bloke who's like mm. nicked my girlfriend's bag or something, mm. or or and and if I'm running, yeah, you know, or I'm running away from someone to survive, and it because. Life can be so fucking dull. Yeah, because why? Because the threat of death is pretty far away now. You know, we used to be fit because we had a hunt. You know, we used to be strong because we had a climb. Now you have to, again, parameters give you freedom. So now you've got to make that time to be disciplined, you know, mm. to train. And, you know, if you, whether it's a yoga practice or a martial arts practice, it's just that discipline of going somewhere and doing something, finding something that's bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. Because it's a very lonely existence to believe you're the most important thing and you want to serve just you. you know? mm -hmm. Even if you are doing something that's helping your health, like find something bigger, you know, mm -hmm. find a goal, go for that goal. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But yeah. Speaking of which, should we, should we go out? And Let's hit it, man. Yeah, good time with the sun's out. Um, yeah. Guns yeah. out. They're always out, man. <laughs> Locked and ready. Um, so, yeah, that's it. We're done, man. Yeah. Kev, thanks again, man. Always yeah. super fun to chat to you. Interesting topics all around. Oh, I did want to say this. Um, in the same way, I, I'm i not identified with my thoughts. I reserve the right to change my mind about any of these things at any time. Yeah. Because I think that's the problem. People get caught up and they're like, oh, you said this. Yeah, all right. It, I may look into something a bit more and find out that's not correct. Mm -hmm. I think stands that how that's how I feel. And if you can have a discussion about thoughts between each other, you can hash them out and maybe change your mind mm -hmm. about something. Mm -hmm. Don't be tied into just the way you think. That's how we become ideologues and dogmatic. I mm -hmm. think that's part of the problem. People don't want to have the conversation because they don't want to challenge 
their ideas because they've identified themselves with the ideas. Don't be identified with your ideas. Be identified with the true you, the divine you inside. Boom. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Mate, that was amazing. <laughs> oh my God. Fucking hell, that was unbelievable. All right. Mate, you just set the bar. <laughs> Good chat, bar. man. It's so <laughs> funny. We- Wowza. We went deep. I know, um, pretty eye-opening stuff. That was a lot of fun and uh, kind of edgy stuff. But um, man, they're the thoughts we have sometimes and we should be free to think and to speak. So uh, I hope you, 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 you listened with an open mind and I would love to hear what you think or in what you thought of that episode and what myself and Doug had to say. I love that geezer. Okay, I'll leave you with our sponsor, Om Apparel. Yes, indeed. I uh, for the gents out there, or or people that like to wear gents clothing, eco-friendly, high-quality apparel for people with movement in mind. Uh, I wear their gear all the time. You know, by quality, it will last. And uh, if you can get a little bit of uh, money off, why not? Best way to do that is to go to om.com forward slash hashtag tylp. Put in promo code Kevin for 15% off. So that's om, O-H-M-M-E, dot com, forward slash, hashtag, T-Y-L-P. Use the promo code Kevin for your 15% off the full range of eco-active wear for fellas, gents, geezers, people that identify as male, that kind of thing. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, as always, for listening. Really appreciate your time. Love doing this. And uh, I'm just honored that you would take an hour of your day to uh, to listen. All right. Catch up with you next week. Take care. Bye.